Hello, Saubona, how's it, Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Super. Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to give to your mission and to your kingdom, and we pray that you multiply that seed so that we can see many more coming into this kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, church, it is a huge honor this morning to have uh, Michael and Carol Cassidy with us, uh, who are going to be bringing the word this morning. I can't tell you just the sense of awe and um, honor that I have to, to welcome Michael here to preach in our pulpit. Um, I just feel like this is an incredible moment for, for Trish and I. And the reason is because, you know, Michael is a legend <laughs> in South Africa. Um, this man has been a significant impact in our nation and, and in Trish and I's life and in our ministry. And many of the, the joys and the freedoms we have in South Africa have been a result of him and Carol and their intervention in the political sphere, in the ecclesiastical sphere, in the evangelism of our cities and the continents of Africa. Um, I'm aware that maybe some of you might, know, might not know Michael, so if, if I had to start actually reading about his credentials, I might actually end up preaching a whole sermon on him. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a short snippet. He's the leader, an internationally respected evangelist, the author of many books. Even during lockdown, he was writing more books. He's the founder of African Enterprise. In 2012, he was made the honorary chairman of the Lausanne Movement for World Evangelization. He succeeded the late John Stott. He holds a doctorate from Azusa Pacific University. He was also made Distinguished Illuminus of Fuller Seminary for 2012. He and his wife Carol have three children and eight grandchildren. They live in Peter Marisburg, now Hilton, in South Africa. I met Michael personally a, a few years ago in the Barnabas groups that he started around the country. And Trish and I used to go uh, every month and, and sit under Michael's leadership, and he would impart incredible truths and wisdom that have really helped Trish and I and shaped us for ministry. He's, uh, it, it's true that we have many teachers in, in the body of Christ, but we have very few fathers. This morning, church, I want you to know that we have a father in the house, a father in the faith, a man who has walked the walk, who's in every way that, that the word means that. And so honor, we just want to honor you, Michael, and say thank you. Thank you for coming here this morning. We appreciate you. Um, can we be upstanding and give Michael and Carol the hugest Every Nation Durban welcome? Okay. All right, you can grab your seats. You prefer to use this one? Michael has asked me to, to start by reading from Philippians chapter two. So if you have a Bible, why don't you open to the book of Philippians chapter two, and we're gonna read from verse one through to 11. Are we there? When you're there, give me a... There we go, all right. It says the following, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us just bow our heads, beloved, in prayer for a moment. Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are right here with us, even though we do not see you. We don't see electricity or wind or radio waves that activate our phones and things, but they are very, very real. And you are here, Lord, and you said that where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. So thank you, Lord, that you're here. And we, we dare to call you Lord. We're thankful that we can. And we ask you today to make your Lordship in our lives more real than ever as we come to surrender every aspect of our lives, dear Lord, to you. Hear our prayer that your Holy Spirit will do in us what needs to be done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I was quite thrilled when we sang in that lovely time of worship, Jesus' name above all names. And uh, we sang it <laughs> quite a while, and that truth must have sunk in to us today. It's such a joy to be here, and uh, I've known and admired Wayne and Trish for a long time. And they are amongst my really significant ministry couples in South Africa. You are very blessed with the pastor and the madam pastor that you have. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> Lovely seeing others of you also, and uh, Temba and Amy, good seeing you. And uh, after a little while, and meeting new friends like Enrico, uh, this has been precious indeed. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling good today because uh, the Springboks came home last night. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Poor old Eddie Jones, the coach. I think he had vodka and aspirin for supper last night. I think he was really miserable for the poor wallabies got run around. And uh, that, that did me good. <laughs> so, uh, you yeah, know, it's a good day. Beloved, I want to today, because the theme we have is the Lordship of Christ. I want today to be a dedication day. I want today to be a day when you reestablish in every area of life the Lordship of Jesus in your in your being, in your existence, your activities, your family, your work, your finances, your calling, and that any unsurrendered corners you will hand over to him today. I want it to be a kind of a dedication Sunday. And at the, at the end of my message, I'm going to ask you to come forward 
if there's some area of your life that you want to dedicate or rededicate to Christ, might be your marriage or family life. It might be something to do with a child. Maybe someone here, you have a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter and you want to bring them and, and, and hand that over to the Lordship of Christ. Maybe you don't tithe. And today is a day when you're going to let Jesus Christ have your pocketbook. And uh, you can come forward and just say, I'm handing this part of my life to Christ. It may be your work. And uh, you've never really seen your work as a ministry, but it can be and should be. Or else maybe it is your lack of work and you need to surrender to him your work situation that the Lord would bring you the work and the labor that you want. I don't know what it will be, but I want you today to be ready at the end of our message to come forward and say, I am making this stand today to dedicate, rededicate my life to Christ. It might be your missionary service. Maybe you haven't done any witness for a long time, or your devotional life and Bible reading. I want to really get that sorted out. And today will be a special day for some. There might be even somebody here today, one never knows, who doesn't yet know Jesus Christ. I was very glad as a young university student after a young man had taken me to a church service at University in England, my first few weeks there, and we had gone to church, and when we came back, we had 20 minutes to kill before the college breakfast. And we went to his room. Now, we had just been to church, been to Anglican Communion, and he said to me, Michael, I want to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered your life to him? And you know, I, I'm glad he didn't, although I felt a bit offended, I'm glad he didn't take that for granted. So although you're here in this place today, you may not yet have fully yielded your life to Jesus Christ. If not, I want you to do it today. And you come forward and say, I'm going to make him the Lord of my salvation. I had a wonderful friend in the States and... Uh, he had been witnessing to a Greek shipping magnate, a guy who had a great fleets of ships. And uh, he was impressed with my friend's testimony. And he said to my friend, tell me, do you think Jesus would like me to give him a ship? <laughs> my friend paused a moment and he said, no, I don't think so. He said, I think Jesus would like you to give him yourself. But of course, he knows that if he gets you, he gets all the ships. Is <laughs> 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 hey, that right, Timber? All the ships? So today, my challenge to you is all the ships. In all the ships, you give him yourself, but as you give him yourself, it's all the ships, beloved. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tremendous challenge to think about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so today I want to make a, a statement and I want to ask a question. One statement, one question. The statement is Jesus is Lord. The question is, is he Lord of your life in every respect? Jesus is Lord, that's a statement. The question, is he Lord of your life? You know, when we come into the scriptures, we find that there are many names for Jesus, He's the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the lion of Judah, the water of life, the bread of life, the way, 
the truth, the Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God, wonderful counselor, everlasting father, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, King of Kings, author of life. The Bible hardly really knows how to find names for such a one because he is both water and bread. He's both lion and lamb. He's both lily and rose. He's both Alpha and Omega. He's both beginning and end. But if the Bible has to try and sum up in one word what all of that means, the answer is Lord. That's the, the word that embraces it all. In, in the Greek, it, it, it's the word kyrios, K-Y-R-I-O-S, kyrios. That means a supreme authority in the universe. That's who he is. And so what a wonderful passage we had read for us here in Philippians 2. And we, we, we find down, down there at line, therefore, verse 9, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That's what we sang. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Hitler will bow. Stalin will bow. The Ayatollah will bow. Idi Amin will bow. Stalin will bow. Putin will bow. Every knee will bow. And if we, if we bow now, we bow unto salvation. But many later will be bowing and it will be unto condemnation. But every knee should bow. It will happen. Every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess. Hey, Stalin. Hey, Hitler. Hey, Saddam Hussein. Hey, Putin. Every tongue confess, every tongue, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Beloved, isn't that absolutely tremendous? There was a great theologian in Holland many years ago, 19th century into the 20th called Abraham Kuyper. And Kuyper said, there is not one square inch of the entire creation, creation about, about which Jesus Christ does not shout out, this is mine. This belongs to me. Not a square inch, not a square millimeter, nothing in all of the universes about which Jesus Christ does not say, it's mine. What a Lord, beloved, we have. And so it's a, it's, it, it's a tremendous thing. And I want to make a few statements about areas where he's Lord. For example, he's Lord of creation. I love following on YouTube the reports about things coming back from the James Webb Telescope. I don't know whether you've read about that. This telescope has gone further out. It's gone out to a million miles. It's orbiting not around the Earth, around the Sun. And it is sending back pictures going back into the distant, distant, distant recesses of time about all the universes and the galaxies that are out there. And beloved, the Bible says about Jesus, without him was not anything made that was made. All things were made through him and for him, and in him all things hold together, Colossians 1, 17. This, this, this is our God, he is, a, he is a Lord of the universe. Jesus had all authority in the cosmos and on earth is committed to me. 
He made it all. Down the microscope, up the telescope, everything <laughs> belongs to Jesus. We think that our sun is immense. The uh, sun is immense and it, and, and it is. It is, it, 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 is, it is vast. 1.3 million kilometers in diameter. The sun, 1.3 million kilometers in diameter. But there is a star in the universe called Betelgeuse. And, and Betelgeuse is 27 million times the size of the sun. Have you got that? And without him, there was not anything made that was made. Isn't that unreal? This is our Jesus. Do you think he could handle your problem if he can handle that? I think he can. Whatever you bring today, I think he can handle it. Yes, how marvelous. Then he's the Lord of Scripture. So he can pick up the Old Testament and it says, beginning at Psalms and Moses, Moses and the Psalms and the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Concerning? Imagine if I came along to you and I, and I said, hey, guys, I'm going to just stand up here and talk, and you know, here's your holy book. Whoo, look at all these pages. You know what? It's all about Michael. Hey, this is all about me. You'd say, get that guy to a psychiatric hospital fast. He's dangerous. He's crazy. But Jesus took the scriptures and said, everything in Moses, the Psalms, and the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Lord of scripture. And then he's Lord of the Sabbath. Oh, the Jews loved the Sabbath. But when he did some things on the Sabbath that they didn't approve, and Sabbath was when you worship Jehovah God, of course, Jesus said, hey, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I'm, I'm what the Sabbath's all about. <laughs> You're worshiping the Sabbath. That's all about me. This is our Jesus. He's Lord of the Sabbath. Then he's Lord of the elements. Sea, wind, and water. Down here in Durban, you see sea, wind, and water. And when he, when they had a storm on the Sea of Galilee, he got up and rebuked it. And there was suddenly a great calm. And the disciples said in Mark 4, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Imagine. When I was a student I, and I went overseas first, this is back in the late 17th century, you know, when I went to university a long time. <laughs> Long, long time ago, I'm a Madala. I'm an Mkulu. Oh, Madala Kakulu. Mina. <laughs> uh, I went overseas and we were on a ship. And we went into the Bay of Biscay where they have some of the heaviest storms in all of the world. Imagine if I'd gone up to the captain and we hit such a storm and said, hey, Captain, listen, don't worry about the storm, all the cups being broken and all the passengers sick. I'm just going to go and have a little word with the wind and the waves just and stop it for you. You say, is there a doctor in the house? Is there a psychiatric nurse? I'm in trouble here with this crazy guy. But Jesus got up and he said, I'm going to talk to the weather. Peace be still. And there was a great calm. They said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? He's Lord of the elements. He's Lord of life. In that first Pentecostal sermon, Peter said to them, you killed the author of life, you know. You killed the author of life. And how mysterious, beloved, is life. And he could say, I am the life. 
And people, for example, scientists still trying fully to understand the, the DNA helix in which all the mysteries of life are wrapped up, still haven't got to the bottom of it. Jesus says, I'm the author of life. I'm the author. Have you, have, have, have you thought about how a microscopic male sperm and the, the woman's egg can come together and then the next minute a human starts arriving? The utter, utter, utter mystery of that. And in Psalm 139, God says, I, I, I was, the psalmist says, you were with me when I was curiously being knit together in my mother's womb. You saw me right from then. He's the author of life, beloved. If he saw you in the womb, he certainly knows how to deal with you now. Then I want to say he's the Lord of death. I'm nearly 87 getting along a little bit. <laughs> you know, when you're nearly 87, we, we lose a friend probably every week. So I have friends dying around me at a rate of one a week. It's marvelous that all of them that, that I can think of know Christ. But I know my, my time could come at any minute. Maybe before the end of this talk. <laughs> Probably some of you are saying, oh, I hope so. <laughs> if I'd fall down here, then you'd all come to the Lord, wouldn't you, hey? <laughs> yeah, he'd be Lord of death, it could happen. I had a friend who died preaching. I'd like to do it that way. <laughs> come to the Lord because you never know when your time will come. Bang, and I fall down. <laughs> <laughs> but you do never know. But isn't it great that he's a Lord of death? Because he spoke to Mary and Martha there, and he said, I am, after Lazarus had died, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Will never die. So if you hear someday Michael has died, don't believe it. Bible says I won't have died. We'll never die because our Jesus has conquered, has conquered death in the resurrection. It's incredible. Then I want to say, is he not only the Lord of death, Lord of life, Lord of the Sabbath, Lord of the elements, but he's the Lord of history. You know what, beloved? He's going to come again. He's not sitting in heaven having emergency meetings with all the angels and, and his head with a hot towel around it and, a, and a, some drunk, strong heavenly drink saying, what are we going to do about, what are we going to do about this history business that's all out of control? He says, no, I will come again and I will take you to myself. I will come again. So history has a, it has a terminal point. It has a moment and it's moving towards history. All this buildup in the Middle East and everything like that, even Russia and that, it's got an eschatological touch to it. It's, it, 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 it's a bit like end times, you know, and the place of Israel now. And he's a Lord of history. I am so <laughs> excited about that that he is in charge of all of that. Yeah. And then, beloved, he's the Lord of judgment. John 5, 22, Jesus said, the Father has given all judgment yeah. to the Son. Amen. He is the one we're going to face on that day. Yeah. But the wonderful thing is that you and I, if we have trusted in Christ, we will not face him as judge because the judge is now our father. Yeah. But if there's someone here today, beloved, and, and you were to die today and you haven't given your life to Christ, you will face him as a judge. And the Bible says you will, you will perish. 
The Bible says eternal destruction from the presence of the Lord awaits you. So if there's anybody here and you've not given your life to Jesus, beloved, in a few minutes when I make the call, if you're in that category, you come here to the front. Say, Jesus, today, you might be the only one. Others of you, it's other aspects of your life. And we're coming to that right now. So that's, that's, that's my, 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 my statement. Jesus is Lord, Lord of all of those things. So now my question is, is he Lord of your life and mine? So first of all, I ask, as I've been asking for a moment or two, is he Lord of your salvation? Didn't say where you're in church. I said, is he Lord of your salvation? You see, that day back in October 1955, my, I'd been to church with my friend. So he didn't say, have you made the church Lord? He said, have you made Jesus Lord? Have you surrendered to Jesus? Have you made, have you made Jesus Lord? In the earlier years of my ministry, we, we did campaigns in South America. We had some wonderful ones, for example, in Panama, uh, Nicaragua, uh, Costa Rica, uh, different places. And when we were in Costa Rica, we were in a, in a town called Limon. It's a second town next to San Jose. And a missionary took us up onto a, a, a hilltop overlooking the town. And it was a poor place that people hardly could put clothes on their back, hardly had enough food to eat. And we looked down and I saw on the roofs of all the houses, television aerials. So I said to my friend, these people so poor, yet I looked down there and what do I see? Television aerials. How can they afford that? Well, Michael, he said, like a wise old owl. You see, it's a status symbol here to have television. So the people go out and they buy a television aerial and they put it on the house. But if you go into the house, there's no television. <laughs> Television aerial, but no television. You see, some of you are in church. Television, the church television aerial is up. But no television in the heart. Right? Christ not yet in the heart, but the television aerial is up. So we have a huge nominal Christianity in this country. 79% profess to be Christian but I don't know how many are true born-again Christians. We have television aerials of church by the, by the 79 million, 79%, I mean. But in the heart, no television of Christ. So if you haven't got the television of Christ in your heart, beloved, today, give your life to Jesus and make him Lord of your salvation. Then I want to ask also, is he Lord of your relationships? This is tough because once we come to Jesus, we have to then take him into our relationships. And it starts in the home. It starts if you're married with your spouse. Can't have some rip-roaring ministry if you're if you're wrong with your spouse. We did a, a mission in Johannesburg in 1970. 300 churches participated. We were there for a year. And one day, someone knocked on my door and said, "There's a man here, and he wants to see you." He, you see, you, they said he, he's got. A pack of wild horses won't stop him, he wants to see you. So, okay, I said, well, come in. So he came in and he said, Mr. Cassidy. He said, that woman. <laughs> that woman. I'm through with her. 
She messes everything up. The house is untidy. She burns the toast. <laughs> the, 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 all, 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 all the meat she cooks tastes like leather. Or biltong that's gone bad. Kids are neglected. So that woman, he said, I'm through. I've left the house today. I've told her I'm going. And he said, I'm coming here, Mr. Cassidy, and I want to work for the Lord full time. <laughs> I want to work for the Lord full time. I said, sir, we love people who want to work for the Lord full time. I said, I've got your first assignment. Oh, that's wonderful. I said, you go back to your house. You take your suitcase and you put back on your little hat and you, you go back and you walk in the house. You take your suitcase and you go back to your wife and you say, darling, I'm so sorry. I was so sorry. He said, you can't ask me to do that. No, 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 no. I said, I am asking you because you're working for the Lord full time. This is your first job. <laughs> In the very last service of that mission, I preached at Ellis Park Tennis Stadium. And when I gave the appeal, <laughs> I saw these two lovebirds walking across. Here's my friend and his wife, <laughs> ready to work for the Lord full time. <laughs> and they were coming to Christ. So beloved, is it, is it right with you and your spouse? Please, it needs to be. It's the Lord of your parenting with your children. Because there may be some of you and you're not giving time to your kids. Fathers, maybe your child has a soccer match or a rugby match or a cricket match or something. Or some athletics in a school. And all he wants is for daddy to come and watch, but you're never there. No, you're too busy. Or a mother who's never got time for her daughters. When my daughters were in their home straight of school there last year, I said to each of them, first Catherine and then Debbie, I said, I want to have a daddy-daughter date with you every month. And I went out with them one at a time in their, their last year. And we went out for a breakfast date or a lunch date or a dinner date. And we just had fun. Maybe we talked about something serious, we often did, but maybe not always. But it was just time with them. And I remember years, years, years later when my kids were reflecting on their childhood, one of my daughters said, oh, daddy, those dates. Oh, I tell you, you make a girl's heart race. Father, you take that young 13 or 16 or 19 year old girl out for a date. And then your son has a game. If you are home, my, my, my boy knew that when I was at home, I would pitch up with Carol to watch his sport. If he was praying for the seventh 11 in cricket or rugby, I'd be there to watch. With as much pride as I watched my son-in-law, Gary Kirsten, playing for South Africa. I saw him playing for the, the fourth 11 cricket to the fifth, 15 rugby. Oh, Carol and I enjoyed that. They remember it. So, is your Lordship right with your children, beloved? Because if it isn't, I want you to come forward today and say, I'm giving this area to, my, my, to, to Jesus. And if there's some of you here and you've got a prodigal daughter or a prodigal child who's in a son who's in a very far country, you come today and you, and you make Jesus Lord of that situation. And then 
as the Lord of your future life partner. How many of you here are married? Put your hand up. That's quite a good group. How many of you here are single? Put your hand up. Okay. Don't be shy. How many of you here are married and wish you were single? <laughs> oh, singles, wait. Don't get involved in sexual gratification before God's time in marriage and his place. So much pain inflicted by sexual relationships before marriage. Keep yourself pure for that person so that you may have a marriage and a home worthy of the name. Nothing will spoil with awaiting. And you pray for that life partner that God would bring you that right, right person. And don't be casual about it. Like one guy wrote to his girlfriend and he said, uh, he said, dear Alice, he said, pardon my being so forgetful. I know I, I proposed last night, but I can't remember if you said yes or no. <laughs> well, she replied, dear John, thank you for your note. I know I said no to someone last night, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> oh, your future romantic destiny may be today's a day to surrender that to the Lord, say, I will keep myself pure. And, and I give you, Lord, my romantic destiny. Oh, beloved, how, 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 important. And then is he Lord of your behavior? You know, beloved, the Ten Commandments are Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. He means you to obey all that. So if there's someone here and you're a believer, and let's say you started sleeping around a bit, stop. Let him be Lord of your behavior. Or if you've got bitter race feelings towards someone, many of you folk here, black or brown, you have good reason to have bitterness towards whites. And as a white, I repent and ask forgiveness for what we whites did in the name of apartheid to people of color in this, in this country. I ask forgiveness for that. But if you felt bitter, you'd be justified. But on the other hand, it will kill you Amen. spiritually. Yeah. You have to surrender it and you have to let it go. And you have to say, I will learn to love whites. And if they're whites who have some leftover racial prejudice, they've got to repent of it. Yeah. He has got to be Lord of our behavior in every area. Is he Lord of your job where you work? Can you give him the work you do? There's a famous medieval classic by a man called Brother Lawrence, written, I don't know, about 15th or 16th, 16th century, I think. He was a dishwasher in a monastery, and he washed dishes to the glory of God. And as he did his dishwashing, he praised the Lord. He had yielded his job to the Lord. And then is he Lord of your resources, your finances? Do you tithe? I was taught within three weeks of being converted to begin to tithe. Oh, I have some wonderful stories about that, but time forbids. But I have tithed all my life. Carol and I have tithed all our married lives. All I can say is, God has been absolutely faithful in the area of finances. Malachi 
3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, saith the Lord, and put me to the test and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing you'll not be able to receive. Sometimes I say to Carol, sweetheart, just look at the privilege we've got, the things, how we've been blessed. But I honestly think that God is as faithful when we are faithful in the area of giving and tithing. Maybe today you're going to come forward and you're going to surrender your savings and your bank balance and everything to the Lord. And then will you be faithful? Will you make him Lord of your witness? Maybe some of you here, you haven't mentioned Jesus Christ to anybody in forever. You know, when was the last time you mentioned Christ in social things or even led someone to Christ? You don't witness. I want to challenge you that you bring, you make him Lord of your witness and you try where you can to speak about your Lord. I must wrap up now. But is he Lord of your social concern? Beloved, is he Lord of your concern about South Africa? I'm worried about South Africa. I love it. I love it dearly. I never want to be anywhere else. Here's my place. Just my plek. But I'm worried about it. I wonder what my children and grandchildren are going to inherit, especially my little grandchildren. Will they inherit a land of dust and ashes? Will they inherit a place that Malema has turned into some kind of catastrophe? <laughs> oh, I've written to Julius Malema. I'm trying to see him. I'm, uh, I've asked him if I can come and see him in Parliament. Yeah, I have. I want you to pray. Michael must see Julius Malema. I want to challenge him about Jesus. But is he Lord of your social concern? Some of you may have heard that we in African Enterprise have made a documentary about the 94 elections and what led up to them. It's called The Threatened Miracle of South Africa's Democracy. Remember those couple of words, The Threatened Miracle. And you can Google it and get a link and you can see it. It's like a full-length feature film. It's 90 minutes. And see that. And we challenge people to pray again as we did in 94 and to stand up and do your bit as people did, everybody in 94. So dear ones, see Lord of your social concern to commit yourself to South Africa and to doing what you can. And in your, in your, in your mission concern, maybe you can give to missions, maybe you can go. Maybe there's somebody here God is calling to, to go out somewhere in missionary labor, even beyond these shores, conceivably. So, you see, has he got all the ships? Has he got your willingness to do any of this? I pray that he will have. And so I want to close. And... Uh, I want uh, either the musicians at the back or up front to uh, be able to just play something quiet. And I'm, I'm telling you now that register that Jesus is Lord of creation. He's Lord of scripture. He's Lord of the Sabbath. He's Lord of the elements. He's Lord of life. He's Lord of death. He's Lord of history. He's Lord of judgment. He's Lord of glory. And so is he now, my question, is he Lord of your salvation? Give your life today, beloved, if you haven't yet done it to Jesus fully. Is, is he Lord of your relationships? Is he, is he Lord of your, 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 fam your family life? Lord of your marriage? Lord of your home? Is he Lord of your gifts? Lord of your finances? Lord of your social concern? Lord of your missionary concern? Has he got all the ships? I'm going to ask you now if you will make Jesus Lord in a new way in your life. Lord in your marriage. Lord over your children, your parenting. And I'm going to ask that uh, the musicians, are there some musicians, or do you play some music from the back? I don't know. Huh? From the back. 
Okay, play it over, yeah. And I'm going to just ask you to stand as, as the music has played. And if you want to make Jesus Christ Lord in some new area of your life today, and you're going to give him all the ships, I want you to come right forward here and I want to pray, pray for you. Especially if there's someone who hasn't given his life to Jesus, uh, you, you just come in. We want to pray for you. It's a moment of new dedication, rededication of your life. Will you please stand and then just come forward if you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life in a new way, beloved. He wants to do something special for you this very day. And if there's anyone here, please, and you say, Michael, Brother Michael, I don't think I know Jesus. I've got the, the aerials up over my life, but there's no real television of Jesus in my heart. Come forward. Come forward. And you just keep playing the music quietly. Others of you pray while people come forward. This is a moment to dedicate your life, your family, your finances, your giving. your body, mind, and spirit, your romantic destiny if you're single. Oh, beloved, dedicate that to him. Make, it, make him Lord of that today. Are there any others before we close? Maybe there's someone back there and you're having quite a battle in your heart. I haven't asked you to do a difficult thing, but you're really battling. And... Uh, a voice inside you says, no, 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 forget it. But another voice inside says, yes, this is your moment. You must go. This is your moment. Don't postpone. Don't put off. Don't put off. You come. You come. Don't put off, please. Don't put off. You come. You come. Praise God. Numbers of you coming. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise His name. Jesus, your Lord. Your name above all names. Yes, Lord. I'm first of all going to pray a simple prayer for maybe that, I don't know what, two or three or four people, I don't know. You've never fully given your lives to Jesus. You come to church, the TV aerial is up all right, but the TV of Jesus is not in your heart. And today you want to, you want to give that to Him. Give yourself to him. So I'm going to pray that prayer. Others of you can echo it silently in your heart. Those of you who are saying it for the first time, you echo it silently in your heart. Each sentence after me, and then I will pray a second prayer that will be related to different aspects of his lordship. In your heart, say with me, either for the first time or rededicating, Lord Jesus Christ, I admit that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And I believe that you are the Savior I need. Now by faith, I receive you as my Lord and King. I take you into my heart as my Savior. I open my heart and I ask you to come in by your Holy Spirit as my friend. And I promise to work, walk, walk with you all the days of my life. In your name I pray. Now I want to pray the second prayer. Lord God, Lord God, I will just pray it aloud and you can just echo it as you wish. Oh, Lord, you are Lord. You have risen from the dead and you are Lord. Your name is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Lord, we confess you as Lord. And Lord, we, some of us have to say we are believers, but we've slipped and fallen away. Perhaps got into even some serious sin. We repent and we're coming back. And your word says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. Others of us, Lord, we need to make you Lord of our, our marriages. Husband and wife, we're not where we should be. Bring us together. Help us to repent before each other in humility. And grant that our marriages may be born again, filled afresh with your spirit. Please, Lord, take our marriages. Take me back to my spouse in a new way, even from today. And, O oh Lord, I ask you to become Lord of my parenting as a father or mother. Help me to begin to give the proper time to my son or daughter or other children. Please, Lord, help me to repent from failing as a father or mother. I ask you to become Lord of my parenting. Then Lord of my giftings, Lord of my job, Lord of my financial resources, Lord of my social concern, Lord of my missionary concern, Lord over my eternal destiny. I surrender to you as Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, dear Jesus, precious Holy Spirit, take me now in this act of surrender and do something new as I make you Lord in a new way in my heart today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. I'm going to pass the microphone to, to Wayne to do as he sees fit. And then with those of you who've been through the training course, uh, we're going to ask you uh, to um, maybe stay at the front, I don't know. And we're going to have a sort of a, a, a special commissioning for those who've been through the training course this week. So Wayne, over to you about how you want to handle this group. Um, I'm just going to just wrap just with a, the prayer here for the ministry in the front. I just have such a sense that for some of you, you really want Him to be Lord in a particular area of your life, but you're really struggling to make Him Lord. And I just feel like there is such a flow of grace here this morning. Just this gentle grace from heaven that's actually going to empower you to go and live the way you want to live. And I just feel like Him saying to you, He sees your heart. He sees your heart. Remember, He looks to the heart. He looks to the heart. And then He empowers us with His grace so that we can actually obey. And I just feel for, for some of you who just, this might be like you're coming up, you feel like you've done this so many times before. There's grace, there's fresh grace this morning for you. So Father, we just pray for a release of grace this morning. As we surrender these areas of our lives, Lord, as we lay them on the altar, Lord God, as we commit our hearts afresh to you this morning, Lord Jesus. I thank you for a spiritual transaction this morning, Lord. I thank you for the windows of heaven to open, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for grace to flow from heaven, Lord. Power from heaven, Lord God, to enable us, Lord, to be the people that you've called us to be, to live out this calling, to follow you, to exercise your lordship in our words and in our minds and in our relationships and finances and every area that we're struggling in. Lord, I thank you for breakthrough this morning. I thank you for power, Lord God, to overcome, Lord God. I thank you that even now strength is rising, hope is rising, Father. I thank you that in this place, Lord God, you are giving everyone who is weak the strength to walk out of here, Lord God, and put right what needs to be put right, to walk out 
and do what we know we should be doing with our lives, Lord. Thank you for fresh grace to flow. Thank you for fresh power this morning, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Guys, you guys in the front, I just want to say, hey, there's nothing more powerful than doing business with God. You know, when you get to that place and it's like it's really on the altar, you know, and it feels like the knife is raised <laughs> and it feels like there's just, that is the moment of, of transference. That is the moment where, where grace is released. And I know just looking at some of the tears up here this morning, looking at just the sincerity of your hearts, I know that there's been a transaction here this morning. And I want to encourage you as, you, as you walk from here, do so with faith. Do so knowing that it's not in your strength, but do so knowing that it's His strength. He will empower you to walk this thing out. You know, this is how good our God is. He doesn't just say, do right things. He's like, do right things, but He has the power <laughs> to do it as well. And so as, as, you, as we leave at the altar area this morning, just do so as, as an act of faith, knowing that heaven's grace is on you this morning, empowering you. Amen. Amen. So if you wouldn't mind just coming and taking your seats again, um, and we're going to have a moment to commission all the evangelists who've been trained this week. So if you're part of the training that was happening this week, won't you come on forward? We want to have a special moment just to pray and bless you. Look at these mighty men and women. Hey, come on. Come on up. Come on up here. Gary, do you want to come on up? And just uh, lead us through this time. Thank you, Wayne. So before you are some of the participants in our week-long school of evangelism that we conducted right here in this auditorium. Uh, there were 32 individuals in all. Um, unfortunately, not all of them could be present because they've had to go back and lead services in their own churches. Um, but this is a, a, a great demonstration of what God can do when you really just dedicate your life to the call of God. Our desire was to discover, develop, and deploy evangelists into the city and nation. And this is the start. That was intense. They had some intensive training. Um, some of it was very new. Some of it was very challenging. But we were also just practical. We, we didn't want to just talk about evangelism. We did it. And about 180 people made commitments to following Christ through the efforts of these men and women in front of you today. So the grace of this being a missional church and ascending church is great. And we're just so grateful, Wayne and Trish and the staff here, for allowing us to, to be here with you. And may God continue to do His work in the city. Um, Wayne and Trish will, will let you know that African Enterprise is working with churches in Durban this year. And we are going to transform the city together glory of God. So Michael, I would like for you just to pray for these fine young men and women that are before you this morning in the work of evangelism. Would you do that? Beloved, just before I say that prayer, I want to read you uh, Paul's commissioning to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and uh, verse 11. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Till I come, attend to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect 
the gift you have. Beloved, each one of you, you've got gifts. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophetic utterance when the council of elders laid their hands upon you. Practice these duties. Devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress. Take heed to yourselves and to your teaching and hold on to that. For by so doing, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. Oh Lord, thank you for these precious, precious, precious young people who have gone through this training course. And Lord, thank you for their courage. Thank you for their diligence. Thank you, dear Lord God. And uh, as Wayne moves along and lays his hands on each one of you, pray that you'll see, receive a new anointing in the, in the spirit to touch them and their lives forever, that they may go out as your servants, your soldiers, go out in strength, in purity, in power, in courage, to go and share the gospel with all that they meet. Thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for them. We bless you for each one. Oh, young people, young men and women, we love you. Truly, we love you. It's fantastic what you have done. May this be a turning point moment in your lives as you think now of going out, wherever it is that you live, whether in Durban here or beyond Cape Town, Joburg, wherever, that you go out, that you are going to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. Like my friend was to me after we'd been to church. He said, do you, Michael, do you know Jesus? Have you ever surrendered to him? And I knew I hadn't. You have the courage to say that and to do that. And so, dear Lord, now, we stand here as leaders to commission these young witnesses and evangelists. And we send you forth into the world, maybe to the uttermost parts of the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts, perhaps, of the world. And we commission you and send you out in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in that, those great names, Trinitarian God, we pray and we send them forth, especially in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Wonderful. Come on. I'm wondering what the impact of this is going to be. And just thinking how many mighty evangelists are here and... Uh, how many souls are going to be saved as a result? Come on. Would you please stand to your feet? We've come to the end of our service. Thank you, Michael, for bringing such a challenging word this morning. Isn't it good to be challenged? Yes. Is Jesus Lord? Come on. He's Lord over everything. Would you raise your hands? I just want to bless you guys as we go this morning. Father, we thank you for such a beautiful morning in your presence. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you peace Amen Thank you for tuning in For more messages like these and other resources you can visit our website at ianderban.org Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons be blessed.